Hello and welcome to this IBR Extra, a podcast from the Iowa Business Report. Presented by Advance Iowa, leading successful business, innovation, growth, and transitions. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. In the 106th edition of our program, which aired during the second weekend of January 2022, we continued a multi-week conversation about priorities for the 2022 Iowa Legislative Session. The Iowa Business Council is a nonpartisan nonprofit group whose 22 members are the key decision-makers of major Iowa employers. In fact, one in six jobs in our state is tied to an IBC company. They have devised a list of priority areas for lawmakers to review in the session. I discussed them with Executive Director of the Iowa Business Council, Joe Murphy. We really try to take a very high-level view of what those issues are that are impacting the state. You know, we have a relatively small membership, again, only 22 members, but they represent the largest companies in the state of Iowa. So all told, we have 172,000 employees employed at our member businesses. And I mentioned that mainly just to say, we're trying to look at generational issues. So we're not going to dive down into every single nitty gritty business issue, but we're looking at holistic areas that will really drive change for the good and lay the foundation for future success and economic success in our state. And so beginning basically after the end of session and hopefully May of each year or April, we begin to look at where we had some success, where we could have improved from a policy perspective, and then engage our membership on what are those big issues that are impacting their ability to create jobs and opportunities for Iowans. And from there, we go out into the communities and give presentations at Rotaries and Chamber of Commerce organizations and economic development organizations throughout the state and try to get an ear to the ground outside of Des Moines on what Iowa communities are facing every day. Because if communities are facing challenges at that local level that their small and medium-sized businesses or their K-12 institutions are facing, sooner or later, those issues are going to bubble up into a overall statewide. We've been, frankly, able to get ahead of the curve, I think, on some of our policy developments, specifically relating to childcare and housing. You know, a couple of years ago, through those community visits, we were beginning to understand the real impact of, of child care. And of course, your listeners will know that child care has been a long issue that's negatively impacted Iowa. All right. So you have identified four very specific items and you referenced some of them broadly. So let's now drill down into each one of the four specifically and child care. And again, you and I have talked about this and, and I freely conceded when I think about business, I don't think about childcare because yeah. I'm thinking about workflow. But if you're trying to maximize a workforce that may want to actually, heaven forbid, have a life, uh, this is a very important issue. It's hugely important, right? And we talk about access to that labor market and getting people back to work, particularly as we're emerging from the pandemic. Childcare is critical. And so our entire legislative agenda is really focused through the lens of workforce development and workforce availability. And childcare is right at that top of the list. Iowa leads the nation with both parents working outside the home, which makes it even more of a critical step for Iowa policymakers to address. And we've taken some good steps last year Um, raising eligibility thresholds for credits and eliminating the child care cliff effect. But the governor released a child care task force report that really focuses in on specific areas that we can increase eligibility for child care 
over the long term. So increasing slots, providing increased wages for early childhood workers, looking at the bricks and mortar situation, you know, 23% of Iowans live in a childcare desert. They don't even have the physical structures close to them for childcare. And so making it easy for businesses to engage in childcare will hopefully lead to more Iowans getting back to work. I mean, childcare in the pandemic was the number one issue that our membership looked at as childcare facilities closed around the state. Parents had no other option but to stay home with them, obviously. And so we need to make sure that those slots are coming back into focus. The reality of the situation, as I recall, is we were not flush with opportunities for child care pre-pandemic. And so the, the pandemic only made the situation worse by exposing, and I suppose that's a good thing, exposing the fact that this really is an issue. But it was bad before. It was of concern before. It was of concern. And obviously, like the pandemic did in so many other areas, it exacerbated the situation for childcare. Many childcare institutions closed. You know, individuals had to remove their kids from childcare. Childcare facilities lost revenue, right? And so they had to make the difficult decision to close or reduce capacity, which eliminates slots. And, and to come back out of that is, is much more difficult for a childcare facility. Of course, there's a lot of regulations and rules around childcare facilities and, and care, and, and those are all good because you're, you're literally leaving your most precious and valuable thing, your children, right, Jeff, in the care of somebody else. And so we want there to be high standards, but we also want there to be an understanding of maybe what some of those regulations and policies that were well intended when they were put into place, how are they actually impacting the overall operation? And if there are some things that we can scale back without removing safety, obviously that's something we want to look into from a regulatory standpoint. And again, to reinforce your point, as you folks note, a shortfall of more than 350,000 child care slots in the state of Iowa. Child care is one of the four tent poles. Another is housing, as you referenced. As I look at business, I'm thinking, well, I've got a workplace, but if I have workers, which I need, I've got to have a place for them to adequately live and grow their families. And we have an issue with that, apparently. We do. And it's a huge issue everywhere, but particularly in those rural communities, right, where it's expensive to build a home and the housing stock is lacking. And when I say housing stock lacking, I'm saying, you know, there's very expensive homes and then there's homes that are less desirable. And so when we're talking about housing, we're talking about housing for everybody, affordable housing, workforce housing, everything in between. And so we have to make sure that we're constructing these homes and developments in a way that will allow people to live within the community of their place of business or relatively close. We're really fortunate in Iowa to not have clogged traffic jams every single day, but we do have situations where people are traveling 45 minutes or an hour each way just because they can't afford to live in a town where their business is located. Or the other problem, getting back to childcare, Jeff, is that you know their childcare facility may be 45 minutes in the opposite direction of where they live and then 45 minutes in the other direction of where they work. And so all these things are interrelated. And, and as we think about coming back from the pandemic, using that as a critical resource for economic growth, I think is really good. You think about the multiplier effect on construction and all of the economic activity that goes into constructing facilities and buildings and homes, that generates serious income for communities, which is a very good thing. Let's talk about workforce development because that is, again, an ongoing issue and the pandemic did nothing but simply put a sharper focus on the fact that this is an issue not just in Iowa, it's an issue across the country. How does the Iowa Business Council suggest that the legislature can help us with that? 
This is the central issue that Iowa businesses, regardless of whether you're a large IBC member or a medium-sized business or small business workforce, is the central issue that companies are facing right now. And so we think that there can be a lot of success continued through the Future Ready Iowa program and the Last Dollar Scholarship program, propping up individuals to continue their education. But beyond that, I think we also need to take a look at policies that encourage people back into the workforce, right? Back into the labor pool. Before the pandemic, Iowa had a 70% labor participation rate. According to latest numbers, we're down around 66% labor participation rate, which equates to about a 40 to 50,000 person drop off in available workforce, right? And so when we have a population problem already in this state, and when we had a workforce shortage already in Iowa before the pandemic, losing, you know, three or four or five percentage points off your participation rate really strains that flow, right? And the good news is for our companies, and, and this is across the board, they're having really good years with respect to, you know, demand, right? The demand is there. The economy is really coming back and roaring back. The problem is getting workers to do the jobs. And it's across white collar, it's across blue collar, it's everywhere. I mean, your listeners will know every time they go into any sort of business or store or shop or restaurant, there's help wanted signs everywhere. And that's no different for our members as well, whether you're a manufacturer or a financial service agency or an agriculture research company. There's a lack of workforce in this state. And that's why we're really trying to put together some solutions to work forward on. And then finally, we've got something that has received some real notice in the last week, and that is competitive tax policy. I mentioned Joe Murphy of the Iowa Business Council last week because the budget projections from the state came out again, and they're showing that the state is doing tremendously well from an economy standpoint, from a revenue standpoint. And so there's a lot of talk about tax reform, getting this money back to citizens, this surplus at the state level. How does that tie in with business? If, in fact, the state of Iowa, from a revenue standpoint, can afford it, What are some of the tax policies that put Iowa at a competitive disadvantage versus other areas of the country? Yeah, thanks, Jeff. And, you know, when we think about our our tax policy uh, process, again, we look at this through a workforce lens. And to your point on a competitiveness aspect, we're not very competitive. You know, the Nonpartisan Tax Foundation just released its latest statistics Um, just yesterday morning, and we continuously rank in the bottom 12 states nationally. We're 38th out of 50 states um, moving forward. And that's really difficult for us at both the individual side and on the corporate side. And so when you think about trying to become more competitive so people can choose to stay in Iowa, um, tax conversations are, are at that top of the list, particularly where low tax areas are very sunny and warm. And in this remote world economy that we now find ourselves in, people are making different decisions um, than they were probably two years ago. And so, as you mentioned, the state has never really been in a better position financially with respect to our budget surplus. You know, we have $1.2 billion in the taxpayer trust fund, a billion dollars in the rainy day fund, another billion dollars in in surplus from the state budget. Um, And so that good budgeting practices uh, that the legislature and the governor have, have been Put, in, put forward have presented an opportunity for, for the state to address, um, you know, monumental and generational uh, tax reform. And, and we, we come at it from a competitive standpoint, like you mentioned, uh, on, uh, if we can lower rates and simplify structures and, and provide more transparency, 
that's going to lead to more revenue, more jobs, more opportunities for Iowans um, to advance in their careers and, and make Iowa businesses more competitive and provide, this is, these aren't our members, by the way, but it provides economic development organizations a better opportunity to um, recruit new businesses to Iowa. All right, so play devil's advocate on my part. What about those who say, well, yeah, we've got all of this money, but we should spend it directly on citizens and not giving businesses a tax break because they're businesses and they've got tons of money, and, and so why are we just helping the rich get richer? What's the, the counter to that comment that you hear all the time, I trust? Absolutely. You know, and, and we're, we're one of those organizations that say there's, there's got to be both. I mean, we're, we're, we're advocating for that, that individual rate reduction as well. And again, looking at that competitiveness from a workforce perspective, you know, as we're trying to recruit people into Iowa from our current companies or, or recruit, recruit members into our companies that are, that are new to Iowa, um, they're looking at the tax implications of our state. And when we're continuously in the bottom 12, bottom, bottom 10 states on the individual side, you know, that makes it really difficult for someone to move in from, you know, a South Dakota or somewhere else. And so we need to be more competitive, more transparent, and stable. And then on the corporate side of things, um, we're, Iowa has, has continuously ranked. We made some really good progress. We've, we're now 38th in the country. But when you look at just the rates, um, we're routinely in the in the last five states in the country, just just the rates alone. So we've gone from 12 percent, which was 50th out of 50 states. Um, three years ago, we're now 48 out of 50 states with the 9.9% top line rate. And then it's massively complicated with all these tax credits that we have that, you know, our, our tax credit system is basically an apology, an apology tour for how bad our rate structure is here in the state. And so if we can do some work on reforming all those, making it simpler and more, more economical to do business that's going to not pad the pockets of, of, uh, of, of corporate giants. That's going to enable businesses of all sizes to increase capital investment, increase hiring, increase wages, and move forward in a really positive direction that will lead to sustained and prolonged economic growth and development in Iowa. Joe Murphy of the Iowa Business Council. We spoke via Zoom on Friday, December 17th. Read the full list of legislative priorities by going to their website, iowabusinesscouncil.org. The Iowa Business Report, radio program and podcast, is presented by Advance Iowa, leading successful business, innovation, growth, and transitions. More at advanceiowa.com. Support for the Iowa Business Report also comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. IowaBusinessCouncil.org. The Iowa Business Report airs on dozens of radio stations across the state of Iowa, with podcasts posted right here, along with additional IBR extras and IBR business profiles. I'm Jeff Stein for the Iowa Business Report.